Hey, welcome to House of Hoops, episode 37. It's Monday, October 26th, 2020. I'm Jeff Hausman, coming to you from Memphis, Tennessee. Thank you for listening. Tonight on the show, we have Laddie, our currently unemployed radio host. Whatever, fool. I'm about to be the guy that kicks you out of the bar that we all hang out at. What's up, player? Laddie got a job. Well, kind of, sort of. Part-time. Yeah. Very, very part-time. Also with us in studio is Pat Bigger. Yo, what up? Thanks for having me back. What up? Pat's back. Pat, me and Pat watch hoops all the time together. Pat's specifically not a big dummy. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's a good ask. Yeah, appreciate that. Let's have some fun. Let's talk some hoops. Let's do it. What little there is of hoops. All right. We are on Twitter at House of Hoops. That's H-A-U-S of Hoops. And we're on Instagram at House of Hoops Podcast. And you can email us. What is it? House of Hoops at yahoo.com there we go h-a-u-s of hoops you can call us 901-365-75 oh all right guys hey no bow this week no bow no bows it's his birthday happy birthday bow it's his 52nd birthday <laughs> i hope it's a good one bow how old is he for real i we think he's 46 really yeah that's no he's not he's at least 46 years old. Oh, shit. Okay. I didn't know that. I mean, he's, he's you saw the same picture we all saw the other night in the group text. Like, he's clearly a super old man. Fool, you're gray as he is. <laughs> so what are you talking about over here? And I'm older than you are. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I you know, it's, forgot to mention that I, I turned 49. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Love that. <laughs> Just a few months. Well, happy birthday, Pat. Yeah. Well, n- not quite yet, though, but you know, whatever. Same. So... This last week, Laddie, what'd you get into? Uh, nothing really. I mean, just uh, being unemployed, kind of hanging out, living life. And then uh, basically kind of got a, I'm going to like work at the bar that we all hang out at. Nothing can go wrong there. <laughs> nothing at all ever. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's actually it's a really bad thing, I think. None of us have ever made any bad decisions of that poor. <laughs> No, so it's really good. I'm excited to go there. The bar we always hang out at, you two assholes are going to be the first people that I kick out. You son of a bitch. Right. Well, I don't don't even have like an own shift right now, okay? I'm just going to pick up a little bit, and they have a lot of the people there have things going on, like just life. So I think I may be able to pick up one or two shifts a week, whatever. So, you know, I need money, and I'm not scared to work, you know? Yeah, right on. So, But I I guess my beer and shot every now and again, and Jeff's and... I guess our other friends, that's just, it's going to be too much for you. So we're going to, you're going to boot us, right? <laughs> two, two beers, two shots. So you, whatever. No, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time. Like I, I just want to bring a fun environment, you know, when I work, you know, bring in sports, maybe play some good music with no sports are going on. And bring in some other, a, a different crowd too. I know you got some, some right. folks to come I, up there since you'll be there. Right. That's, that's going to be really neat. I'm going to, you know, Hey, come on in and you know, 
Yeah, man, I think that's awesome. Like, seriously, like, you've got a whole other crew of friends that I know as well that mm-hmm. uh, don't necessarily hang out there a whole lot and, and might now that you'll be working there. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's just going to kind of be a win-win for everybody. I'm just ready to get out of the house and get to work. There we go. Good job, dude. Yes, I'm happy for you. <laughs> You're the first getting kicked out, man. <laughs> yes, I am happy just for gonna, you. Just going to walk in the door, and I'm like, Jeff, what's up, dude? He's going to sit down, and I'm like, you have Get the you have fuck to out. You got to leave. <laughs> Please do. Nah, it's do me fun. a favor. <laughs> yeah. Save me the 60 bucks I was about to drop tonight. Wait, 60? You can stay. Pat, you're gone. All right. Bitch, you know I treat more than he does. I cannot wait to tip you nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I know. What right? is 1% of $54? I just, I just have like a strong feeling Jeff's Pat's going to be like, dude, I forgot my wallet. I got my first day. He's going to forget That's his wallet. That's what I'm known for. Yeah, it's Obviously, probably him. Don't pay, don't pay anyone. Cheap tip. I'll pay my tab when somebody else is here. <laughs> yeah, 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 right, right, absolutely, dick. Yeah, uh-huh, it's okay though. Go fuck yourself. I'm just happy. I'm happy. You know, so it's really go. cool. And nice. I, w- I went into the place today, and I was like, "What do I need to wear?" And they looked at me. They go, "Are you serious? Like you come here all the time? We have no dress code. We have no uniform." I'm like, "Sweet dude, dude please make it like a old school like." Uh, Brooklyn, like fancy mustache, crazy tucked in shirt, like make make a uniform that in no way fits with the entire style of that bar. Well, I was going more, I was going more tank top route, but I mean, you know, it is what it is. Laddie, you ain't got what we're looking for on on the tank top route. Who's talking? Is that your Siri over here? Nah, man. Turn her down. I was thinking, you ever see like those mixologists wear the apron? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I want Laddie to look like a Brooklyn mixologist, like real like uh, hipsterish. Right. Like, okay. That won't fit in at all with anyone. You're gonna mm-hmm. you're gonna need some kind of goofy hat, a goofy and hat. a mustache. Obviously, I can't grow a mustache, so I, I can't grow any facial hair. So that's out the door. But what I can say is. Have you ever tried a margarita? <laughs> that would be the first one ever poured at that bar. No, no I, I think I've had one before, but it's going to be fun. I, I I know a lot of the regulars there, which are you two. And I know a lot of other the bar people. has only two regulars. So right. Barely hanging on. Well, I, I, but I know a lot of other people there. and I know what they drink already. So it's going to be kind of a fun environment, I think. And uh, just something, something kind of cool. And I'm ready to look forward to. I love bartending. I've been bartending since I was 20. So it's been 20 years. Uh, it's one of those things. It's a trait that you can actually learn and never get away with it, you know, or yeah. ne- never give it up, I guess. Do you have any skinny black jeans that you can tuck into your boots? Shiny no. black boots? No. So you definitely need to get you some shiny bike boots, some skinny jeans, right. and, and anything else you could possibly wear that I can make fun of you while you're at work. Please do that. <laughs> I will point and laugh and Almost certainly take pictures. Nope. I'm going to wear my House of Hoops t-shirt every day, just as where people know. So that's going to be my uniform, actually. A whole bunch of cigarette burns in it. I'm for it. Oh, by the way, guys, I forgot. No smoking in there when I work, so. Yeah, right. Um, but, yeah, anyways, hey, I'm excited. I have, I'm, I'm going to start a new kind of uh, job-ish thing. New adventure? Yeah, new adventure, so it's going to be go. awesome. So come party on Wayne. Party on Garth. All right, Pat. Let's see. You haven't been on it since probably last month. Yeah, it's been a few weeks, month or so now. It seems you're doing well. What have you been up to? Uh, it's been a little, you know, busy work. Been uh, still slinging some signs. So I got that going on. Working, staying, staying and working. Got uh, staying busy outside. Got uh, adventures this last weekend helping helping a lady friend that had to move and. 
mm-hmm. dealing with some family problems like we all do sometimes. But you know, mm-hmm. all in all, things looking up. Don't there feel too bad. What about right. you, Jeff? What have you been doing? What have I been doing? I've been watching TV. Sweet, Anything hanging good? out, playing golf, working. Oh, oh I, also, I forgot to mention. Also, as always, watch. Been watching some movies. Yeah, Pat's like me. Likes watching movies often. I watched a movie the other day too. Oh, that's cool. Let's see. I had to get <laughs> another COVID <laughs> test. How many have you had this week? Uh, I don't know, like four. God, how many uh, are negative? All of them have been negative. Sweet. COVID tests are not fun. It's, it takes all day. If you're trying to get like the rapid testing and, and they ram a needle into your brain, right? That's how they read COVID. It's not fun. Uh, some are worse than others. Uh, this last one was not the greatest. Uh, negative though, so that's good. Hey, I think it's all about who distributes the test too. By the way, because I got it done and it took like just a boom, 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 boom in out, and then all of a sudden she was like, "Yeah, dude." Like literally ten minutes later, she's like, "Dude, you don't have it." I was like, "Sweet, nice." I th- well, hopefully, you know, now that we're what shoot eight nine months into this they've developed some better testing that doesn't literally involve putting a q-tip swab up to your brain almost no that's how i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure they just realized you don't have to do that but i could be wrong maybe the testing has advanced i don't know (laughs) um let's see i unfollowed donald trump on twitter why Why did you ever follow that that's your that's your president because i wanted to be in the know but now I'm just sick of it. All the garbage gets read. I've never followed that person. I just, uh, all I, the garbage gets retweeted <laughs> into my timeline anyway. He said that person like no one knows who he is. Fuck that dude. I just, I, I did it. So You unfollowed him? Oh, yeah. speaking, I, you know, to go back for just a second, talk about what I've done since yeah. I've been on. Um, <clears throat> early voted. Yes. Uh, first day here in Memphis. Yeah, uh, that's, that's right. Across the country, record numbers for early voting. Did you put that little sticker on your forehead uh, like everybody else? I didn't put it on my forehead. I've got a, on my desk at work, I've got like seven or eight of them because I've oh, legit nice. voted in every election um, nice. that, are, that are on my desk. But uh, you keep I, those? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. I take a picture for Instagram and throw that shit away. But okay, do what you do. Right on, you know? But well, congratulations. Uh, yeah. How did uh, is Kanye West going to be happy that you voted for him? <laughs> yeah, big, big Kanye. He's West on fan. the ballot here in Tennessee. I, I know. I I did not vote that. I did you have, did you, did you walk out singing the song, stronger, harder? Isn't that the name of his song? No, I walked out and then tweeted a picture of my uh, of me leaving the line and said "fuck you, Donnie." So if that has any indication of where my vote went, kind of right there. All right, then. Have you voted yet, Jeff? Election day is Tuesday, November 3rd. <laughs> next week. Not this week, but the next. Have you Eight voted days. yet? I'm going to wait till election day. I agree. I'm definitely going to wait till election day. That's what I always do. Me too, 100%. I was in. Because I'm still undecided. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <sure>. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I can understand why, why you good. couldn't make your mind tough, up at this point. Tough choices. <laughs> Kanye West or Joe Biden or Trump. You know, I mean, it's, it's I pretty much go in there and it's like an impulsive decision. <laughs> you just randomly press a button. Ah, <laughs> Don't really know what I'm going <laughs> to Don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> it's like, let's say, what's the freaking eeny, meeny, miny, mo, right. and then until you no, land on right. one button and uh, well, that's who I'm voting for. No, I'm like you. I feel that, like, I'll leave it to chance. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he 
just throws he throws something at the numbers and hopefully it works. No, I uh, I'm like you though. I vote on election day because I actually feel that I did something and my vote literally went somewhere. Because I love voting and then hours later you watch the results. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't like doing it in advance because mm. I feel like okay, I just did it now. Now what do I do? You, you know wait. What I'm you wait a couple of weeks. I mean, but you also speed up your election. Not to no interject or talk over whatever, but voting early, especially in this year when you're going to have so many people voting by mail, right? The early voting is the only way possible to have any clear uh, idea of what the results would be on election night. Still, but and it also cuts down on the line and the right. wait and everything else. Uh, yeah, but, I, I get that. Know, but I understand it's not. Not I just reasonable feel, for everyone to vote early. Right. I just feel that I'm doing something. I wait to the day of, and I feel like I go in there, regardless if my person I choose wins or does not win, whatever. But regardless, I mean, Tennessee's a red state, so whatever. So, it, now. I, I, well, I, I just feel that, like. Tennessee's a non-voting state. Right, but I, 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 I just feel that just going in there the day of, I'm doing something, and it matters more if I do, did it two weeks in advance. Okay. You know? um, yeah, early voting's to cut down on lines, I think. Yeah. primarily but i just uh i haven't decided yet <laughs> all right <laughs> yeah i'm sure. kidding well, yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously Look, uh, dude, i know you outside of this radio broadcast we've I'm had not, conversations what's your favorite kanye I'm west not, song <laughs> i'm not afraid to say it but if donald trump was running democrat i would vote republican yes that's how i i'm stand. a that's how i stand i 100 agree with that i'm not really partial to like I don't give a fuck like what party it is or what garbage the, people are garbage people regardless of the party. Yeah. That's my take on it. I don't care what the that that doesn't. It's not going to. Most things are not going to impact somebody in my position whether I vote one way or the other. What I'm voting for typically is character, and I just can't fathom st getting behind somebody like Donald Trump. But that's that's enough. I mean, we don't have to get into politics. I just. What, hey, no, I mean, wouldn't, it's, it's, wouldn't it's it be topical, nice, though, you know? Wouldn't I mean, it be it, nice to not think about the president every single day of the week of every, yeah. you know? Yeah, a lot of people every, don't do that, Pat. It's called life, man. I can't handle But it's that's what our last four years, we think about the president every day because there's some crazy thing in the news that's been tweeted out or done or something. Well, because you're letting it, like, take over your life, dude. That's the problem. Like You, you like, can't help a lot of it, though. Oh, well, I, I can't handle seeing this dude and having to hear him and... Dealing with his antics and how he makes other people behave, I just I, I, I'm done with it. Like, I don't know, man. If he wins again, I may just shut everybody I know out of my life. And for, what's that for gonna, four fucking years? And what's that going to do? It's make you feel better. Ease my because of someone else. Ease my uh, aggression and anger towards one person so you're going to no. cut everybody out no but it's the people around me and the way they're behaving because they want to follow suit they want to act like donald trump that's the fucking problem i think, I think that's well then you need to change I think that's yeah a well, lot you need to it, change though. friends then like, change my whole family <laughs> well, <laughs> we're in the south though yeah it's, you can change your friends but you're stuck yeah. with your family see that there's a couple people in my family that are that think kind of similarly to the way i do but there's some people in my family that i just can't I can't fucking handle it anymore. It's really a divide. Well, here, here's also part of the problem, you know, and we talked about this beforehand. When it just comes to a lot of this political stuff, a lot of people don't care about social issues. Like, they're not 
against or for. They just, it's not a big thing. But a lot of people are cared about their fiscal years and their fiscal stuff, you know, where their money's going to come from and things like that and taxes and all that. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's gotten to the point now to where people aren't voting for Trump because they just don't like him. People did that four years ago because they were like, I don't like Hillary. I'm just going to vote for Trump because it's new and let's see what happens. You know what I'm saying? That's true. I mean, that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. And so now you're going to get the same thing is this year. I mean, Biden, it doesn't matter what you think politically, but I mean, you know, he's just kind of there. and He's probably going to win by default because people don't want to vote for the other guy. If you're, you know? if you're voting for Donald Trump because of a financial decision. Right. Then I think you need to take a look at yourself and figure out how important really is money. I don't think I don't think they're voting for Trump, dude. Well, I, don't think, on, 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 I don't think they're voting for Trump or they're voting for money. They're voting still for that party. Do you, you know said, what I'm saying? You said a second ago that people vote a certain way sometimes because it's a financial Right, decision. right, 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 right. They do. And they I'm do. saying those people right. need to take a long look at themselves and figure out how important money really is and think about what you're right. compromising in the name of money. No, I, I agree hundred percent. But with, with that being said too, the more Republican style conservative style is around like small business and, 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 and yeah. just, or just, just business in general. Demo Democrats are conservative too. I mean, right, right. That's what I'm trying to say. So I, I don't think like voting for that one person. I think, I think people want to vote for the Republican party, not for Donald Trump. They just figure like, well, fuck, this is the guy we got to vote for. I know. We still got to vote for that party. That's, that's so there, there, there are people out there that are like what you just mentioned, but there are also a, a very active number of people out there yeah. that used to be like good people, you know, right. and they're, uh, they're now, <clears throat> Actively support an asshole. Sure, and like it's it's and they're cool starting to, be, to take on his mannerisms. Right, it's and cool his attitude. to be racist yeah. again. It's yeah. cool to be right. sexist again. It's cool yeah. to make fun of people with disabilities. And like, I just I have a problem with that. Yeah, just, I have a problem with I'm that. With you, and then and if it's the people that you know talk about money, and more often than not, the people that I've come across that want to bring up money are the people that don't freaking make any. Like right, not no not sense. to be an asshole about it, but like, bro, you're making forty five thousand dollars a year. Yeah. Like your taxes are not going to go up right. if you vote for a Democrat. Right, they're right. not. It's absurd to think they will. Yeah. And on top of it, if you're in that bracket that makes forty five thousand dollars a year, right, you're also the most likely to lose your job. And if you're going to need to live off the assistance of the government, the party that would most likely provide that to you is the one you're voting against. So, like, in sure. essence, mm -hmm. you're voting against your own self-interest right. time and time and time again right. to support these people that make, I don't say these people, but, but to support positions of people that make more money than you can ever fathom. And I said it myself included, and it's it's all frustrating. I'm ready to be over. Uh, yeah, it, 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 needs, it needs to get over. I think the whole last eight years has just been a whirlwind for everybody. Four? No, 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 no. Just Just eight in general because what people were trying to what they obviously they voted for a whole different party as president because they they weren't they wanted a change in something do you know what i'm saying so i, mean, I don't know i mean fucking he won you know what well, i'm saying but you're They're saying eight trump's in office for four though right but i'm saying for the past f four years before that something was wrong to where people didn't stay with a democratic party and they went you know and they switched over to republican as they got the vote and won the presidency whatnot whatnot i mean a lot so of I'm people saying, a lot of people I'm for saying, whatever reason i think uh, trump off by, lost by the popular popular vote by three million votes by the way but trump yeah. lost the popular vote right 
but he still lost by three million votes. But yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> but there, still, there but were a lot of people that were turned right, off by Hillary, cheers, and cheers. that's happens. Hey, I hold think, on. I think uh, we need to seriously take these shots and stop talking about fucking Donald. I sure. agree. Let's yeah, get back to basketball. Yeah. Let's, Let's take uh, these Jamesons and then the, move, the move the inaugural on. House of Hoop shot shotcast number two shot shot number two. Woo. Cheers. I like how it says Jameson on the shot glass. These are quality fucking shot glasses. I may have to steal this. Hot damn. Let's go. All right. What else? This week, aside from that other stuff, I watched something on YouTube that was pretty interesting. Uh, it was an interview. What is this YouTube? Please please describe it to okay, me. Okay. YouTube is this thing where anybody can put a video on the internet. Shut up, Pat. <laughs> It was called Cigar Aficionado. And the guest, it was an interview with Michael Jordan. This interview was done before the 10-part documentary came out. The Last Dance. The Last Dance, yeah. But in the interview, Michael Jordan talks about the documentary a little bit. Okay, so the video surfaced on YouTube, I guess, like two weeks ago or so. And I watched it. It was an hour long. But they don't really talk about a lot of basketball. So Cigar Aficionado is like a cigar magazine. Right. So he's talking to Michael Jordan about life. That's kind of cool. talking about business. Yeah. Talking it's about cigars. Been incredibly successful. Yeah. They talk about golf. Because I guess the guy that did the interview is like a member at the club where Jordan belongs. All right. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. And they're smoking these like 60 or 30 year old cigars. Yeah. Some like Cubans. Yeah. Cubans. Yeah. Good ones. And, uh. It was really good. It was interesting. They talk about like his him running the basketball team, owning the team. They talk about uh, him running the Jordan brand, and he said in the interview, which I thought was like the one of the funniest things that he said was that he plays golf every single day. Michael does. No how way. how cool would that be to be worth? I think he's worth like one point seven or one point eight billion dollars right now. Like thirty six holes, like but almost he, every single. But day. But he plays yeah. golf every single day. He might be the single most iconic athlete on the planet. Yeah, uh, and he still skinny, plays golf every day, and he still can't break a hundred. Hey man, no, I'm just I, kidding. He <laughs> said his handicap was four. Bullshit. I don't. Get, I, 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 don't I don't. I don't understand how the handicap I believe stuff. It. Well, I well actually, I kind of do. Let's think about who we're talking about here. Like, I believe if it. if that's all he has to do, and he puts the Michael Jordan drive and determination into it, and he's like, I can see him being a four handicap. Yeah, but pretty much a scratch player. Really? I mean, I mean at this point, what is it? What, if, if he plays, like Jeff just mentioned, if he pays. He's at least 18, maybe 36 holes yeah. a day. You think Michael Jordan's out there playing from the second back tee box? No, he's, he's playing, playing from the tips. Yeah, come on. It's Michael fucking Jordan. He's playing, yeah. the, playing the hardest but courses from the furthest distance. Yeah, of course. Yeah, true. Like that, he lives off a of competition yeah. and strives for greatness. We we were How so much? lucky. We were so lucky to grow up in that era just to have like that as a an athlete role model because he wanted nothing but the best and settled for nothing less. So like if you wanted to model yourself after an athlete well then who else could you possibly want to you know besides like just, besides bo jackson michael jordan i mean bo was <laughs> hey man I'm, if it wasn't for bo and those injuries he was a bad motherfucker too I, though i mean i agree i agree how much money would you be willing to lose to michael jordan for a chance to play golf with him i can't i can't Ooh, play wow. at his level wow hey man how you want to play play like hey, like 20 bucks a hole <laughs> twenty thousand dollars <laughs> I can't give up twenty grand. 
I mean, what's he betting? Like twenty five hundred a fucking hole? Oh, or something? Wait, no. dude, it's probably twenty five thousand dollars a shot. It's probably twenty five thousand <laughs> a hole. A yeah, in the documentary, grand. remember in the documentary they were talking about he it's played shot for money. shot it's too. Huge yeah, money. like I'm sure <laughs> he is a billionaire. Bro, exactly. Part, he's on a, a, on a part he's three, a his billionaire dude on his part three like closest to the hole is like twenty nothing. grand on that nothing. hole. Closest uh, to the hole in a par three is his is like twenty grand. All right, what you got? Yeah, I mean, imagine winning that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd walk off the course. I'd walk off the course right then and there. He's not gonna pay you at the hole. He's gonna pay you up, get paid at the clubhouse or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, you're not getting I'm paid wa- hole, walking, hole for hole. Whatever. Yeah. I'm walking away. You're selling up at the end. Fuck yeah. that. I'm just keeping up yeah. on the on the scorecard. Uh, I'm right. jumping back in my car. <laughs> get ready to go. Let him quit. Let him quit. Hole number four. <laughs> I'm done. He's gonna Yo, Venmo, Venmo me. Venmo me. Gotta go. Gotta get to work. That's right. That's right. I'm on the phone before I can leave the course being like i just beat the shit of michael jordan <laughs> yeah silly. our uh, our buddy silly. our buddy chris versai <laughs> who is known to be like a, a really good golfer uh he and i played one time who refuses to come on the podcast by the way that's son of a bitch but we played together at autumn <laughs> one time and i uh i birdied the first hole that he parted and I was like, "Well, I'm fucking done. Wait, I'm done. <laughs> done. Just beat Versailles. Like, why, why does he? Why does he not come on the podcast? I don't know. He's never showed any interest. He's a busy guy. I don't really know. We're calling you out, Jordan. We're calling you out, Jordan. Where you at, Mike? Where you at, Mike? House of hoops. What's up, dog? We play golf too. You know what I'm saying? What you want? Three, four, five dollars a hole. We got you, bitch. <laughs> we got all of it. <laughs> per hole would be per eighteen holes. But hey, it's yes. cool. Come on, bro. <laughs> I've made it clear that anybody can come on here, you know. Voice of the fan. Yeah, I've made it known. He, I don't. He's never showed any interest, so I'm not gonna sit around and wait, wait. for people. You know. Hey, well, you know, he'll get on or he won't. But whatever, we'll still be doing house of hoops. I'd like to have him on for the draft. I think uh, for the draft, we're gonna. I'm gonna try to get a big group together. Do a live so, pod. So, so I think that could be cool if we could ever awesome. somehow pull off. If we can get past COVID, doing a doing a night court edition mm-hmm. like we are now, uh, Jeff's going to be checking temperatures at from, the door about door from um, our favorite watering hole establishment. I don't think that'll happen. No, I it's think too much. It would have to be here. Okay, well, hell, we could even do it here. Let's yep. do it here. You can't be having to work there, dude. I got y'all covered, four, bro. Four of us in here. If if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. It doesn't have to happen. No, I think we should do it though. I, I hands down think we need to do a draft version of uh the house of hoops yeah i think it'll be fun if we do but uh anyway back to the uh michael jordan interview he talks about the goat conversation which is the greatest of all time you know he says that you'll never be able to say who's the greatest of all time he says it's more to him it's more of a pr and selling stories and getting hype kind of thing than it is like a real actual debate he compares jack nicholas and tiger who how do you decide is the better player? They never played against each other. Right. And that's kind of his thing. It's like, if you never played against somebody, you cannot determine whether or not they're a better player. He never played against Wilt Chamberlain. He never played against Jerry West. He goes on to say, to say one is greater than the other is a little bit unfair. He just goes on about how you just can't compare it because they're different eras. Like naturally you think Jordan versus LeBron because that's the most current and relevant. So conversation. Uh, as you're mentioning this, I'm actually thinking about like the next era, 
like after like post LeBron. Like now, granted, LeBron James is still very dominant, but he's also I think thirty five or thirty six years old. And there is that other. There's a, another generation. There's another group of players coming behind him. There are guys that they like Ja that grew up watching. You know, watching LeBron from a very young age, and now they model their game after him. Mm-hmm. And like Zion, and who is this next group? This next crop that's going to come up and model their game off of the greatest at that point, like. Well, it's like these new. So it's, it's still going to be. Well, it's, so it, fun to watch and so fun to think about. The LeBrons mimic Jordan, and now the young kids are mimicking right. LeBron. Well, yeah. yeah. So you had Kobe, and and you had your Kobe's but, and and your LeBrons that grew up watching Jordan, that played their game, that mimic their game off of Jordan, and then you'll, you know, as you mentioned, right. you, there'll be this new, yeah, this next group. And we've talked about there's this. Just so there's, mm-hmm. we talked about this I'm a just, lot. I'm, I'm excited to see the moves, the passes, the skill sets that mm. we might not have even thought about just yet you right. see, that, that are there for the taking because every new generation of players is somehow even more, is more athletic than the first. I've and, noticed something. And, and has a greater skill set at a younger age. So yeah. it's, gonna, it's just making for better basketball if you're, yeah. if you're a fan of the, of the game and of the league the way that we are. I've noticed something interesting is that players don't look to just be scorers or they don't just look to be rebounders or passers. I'm seeing more and more. Multi-dimensional talent? That can do it all. Yeah. Players are striving to be triple-double players a lot more than you used to see, I feel like. Along those same lines, you're about to have a bunch of seven-foot, a bunch of seven-footers. Passers and shooters. That can dribble like a point guard and pass like a point guard. And and shoot from three, right. but I, but I think that's because the game has changed. You don't look at these seven footers as like being right. bulky and stand down low and just right. and the, be a tree stump. Uh, absolutely, and, and the, until we have another Shaq type player, it's going to continue to be that way. I agree. I agree. Then, I, then somebody will come saw, in and change. the Yeah. Game so and, and, well, and that's, a, that's another thing to be excited about. Inevitably, right. there will be another Shaq type player that comes yeah. in that is changes the game. S- Six eleven, seven foot, and just will muscle you out of the friggin' way. Can't stop him. And right. although analytics say right. shoot threes, the fucking eye test says no. You pass it to the big man, and you watch him body this motherfucker out of the way. And, and, well, you better watch. And the, when you're in the finals or in the playoffs, see which one's more efficient and clutch plays. Right, right. When, right. It, when it counts, when, when you need scoring to get a goes down. So when he's yeah, so Shaq was averaging what thirty six or some thirty six points, yeah, twenty some, rebounds, like some crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy number in the finals. Well, you better and keep tell, up, tell me that won't work. Well, right. keep, with, work. keep up with the Golden State Warriors because they're going to find him. They're going to find him. <sighs> they just built a. It would be funny if the Very Warriors. Nice arena, so it'd be hilarious. Two if the billion Warriors. dollars to. But I think you're right, dude. I saw I saw a video yesterday, and it was AD, AD Anthony Davis, and basically he it was him in high school, and I mean this kid was a he could handle the ball. He was, and he six, was like, six yeah, he was he, short. Yeah, he, but, like he had a well, he not was short. short he was six, six. six. Yeah, but he was at one point he was like six eight, and he was handling the rock, dude, and he was making moves and and doing his thing, and that's what the game has evolved to. Yeah. It would be hilarious if the Warriors got like some big, big center and they just were like went back to like old school game and they were like, yeah, we can hit you from both ways now. Yeah. They kind of had that. You know, you know who they, they, they tried that with DeMarcus Cousins, but he had oh, right? too. Right. Cousins. I've got to, uh, you got to hate it for the guy. Like, 
The Lakers and and and, and back to back years, Golden State and the Lakers have taken on Demarcus Cousins, who can be a throwback, tough guy in the post kind of player, and then in both years has gotten injured early on, has been unable to, you know, really fulfill his potential. And well, he's he's an ultra talented player. You know, I hope for his sake and I hope for the game's sake he gets back and can can play again. Right, but obviously his talent is going to be diminished by by injuries but jeff i agree with you i agree with you jeff because that's what my houston rockets did back in 94 95 do they I'm, cheat like houston astros man fuck you look <laughs> this is what they did they're no, begging no. on trash cans on the sidelines no but listen this yes yes that's what they did it's exactly no what they, it's exactly what you they heard did. it here folks hold on it's exactly heard it here first shut up it's exactly what they did with those rockets okay there's seriously i mean if you, exclusive if, if the you rockets at, cheated for their championship all right let if, him talk. If you if if you look at it, you had Hakeem Olajuwon, who was a awesome center down low, could do everything. And you know what they did? They surrounded him by shooters with Kenny Smith, Mario Eli, Sam Cassell when they drafted the guy, and then Robert Ori. That is the Golden State Warriors of twenty twenty one. If that can if they can make that happen, because they could beat you at all different sides. And you have to understand that Shaq team with Penny Hardaway. In Orlando back in 95, that was an all-star squad. They had Shaq, Horace Grant. They had uh, Dennis. Dennis Dennis Scott, Nick Anderson. Right, right. And Penny, right? They were they were probably better than Houston to a point. They had better talent. But think about it is that Houston Scott played Scott's that thing. on that team, too. Right. But but Houston played it, and Rudy Tomjanovich nailed it to where you throw it down low. That's how you get it started. Once the hole collapses, you pass it out. But you have to have people that make that shot. Houston have a pure three-point shooter. They had three different guys that could nail that. Vernon Maxwell, Kenny Smith, and Mario Welly. And then, sorry, add the fourth one. You had Robert Ory. If you have that, that's an all-complete team. People miss out on that Houston team. They won back-to-back championships. Remember I don't think that. anybody forgot about it. Well, well people, are get, people are giving them shit because they're saying, well, if Jordan played, they wouldn't have won. The, well, you, I think that's a very fair argument. But though. no, no, it is, it is. It is, and people and people will. All, and I grew up in Houston. I was living there at the time, and people said it doesn't matter, dude. Jordan didn't play. You wouldn't have won. <laughs> well, guess what? Actually, Jordan did play in '95, and guess what? He fucking lost. So, go Houston. They're better than the Bulls ever. I don't know that I agree with that. Yeah, that's. I mean, I'm that's just, kidding, a, I'm just, kidding, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But but what are you but, doing but, over there? But you see what I'm saying, though. I understand it completely. If that kind of makes me think about this trade idea I had. I was talking to some dude that uh, has a podcast on Twitter, and I talked before about maybe Golden State trading Andrew Wiggins for Kevin Love. Well, Cleveland has another big over there that they may be willing to deal. I don't know if Cleveland would do this or not, but what about Wiggins for Andre Drummond and maybe a pick swap? Cleveland would move up to the second pick and the Warriors would move down to the fifth pick. And they may still be able to get the uh, Denny Advija. I think that's how you say his name with the fifth pick in that scenario. I think there's going to be a lot of movement in this draft. Uh, everything I've well, that would read f- and paid attention to so far says there's not like a consensus. There's not, there's not as much talent, so to speak, you know, that people are agreeing upon. There's going to be some steals, obviously, and and as you mentioned, that trade could could yeah. easily happen. Yeah, so that would give the Warriors their big that they're in desperate need of, and right. it would give them a wing player and Advija, who they've gone on the record and said they really like. I believe that the Warriors are going to come back and they're going to be in win now mode because they do understand that, that 
Clay, Steph, and Draymond all have a window, yeah. and that and never you know unfortunately that window is going to close, and right. the rest of the league has gotten better in this in the year that they essentially took off of being the Warriors. Right. So I don't know, and you know I'm just phrasing this as a question as a conversation. If it makes a ton of sense for them to to kind of go in on a rook this year. To be like the well, they get the drumming. center they need. Well, I guess okay, fair they get enough. Drumming. They get drumming, so they get an established player. So actually, that yeah. does make sense for them. You're right. And they just move down in the draft, and they still get a guy that they really like. Talking yes. about the Warriors. Yes, yeah. so I, actually, yeah, I, well, I, I guess I misheard or misspoke, but yeah, no, that that, and from their position, from the Warriors' position, that does make sense because they're you know they're they are in win win now. Yeah, they have to win now. Duh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think the Warriors are rebuilding. I think they're going to ride this thing out. Well, no, there's no reason to rebuild. They're going to ride got this, all the talent. They're going to ride this Steph Curry thing out. Why the hell would you not? Yeah. Hey, I think they may even be better than when they had Durant. I don't know. I guess that'll depend on chemistry. That was the wing player, defensive guy that they are missing. Yeah, yeah. But so yeah, they've got they've got what three Durant. of four pieces in place right now. I just I just you Durant know Durant was so undervalued on the defensive end for the Warriors when they were, won those championships. Sure, you know, but it's like Houston though. They wanted to play small a lot, and they tried to mimic a lot of other teams, and Golden State being one of them. But I'm telling you, I think that big man you still got to have, still got to have that big man. Yeah, and that's what the Warriors are missing. I I don't I assume they'll address that situation in the draft or trading that pick well and and the way the game is now your big man for the most part the the one you have to come across that would do the most damage is someone like Giannis you know there's only one Giannis but everyone tries to play that style of ball seven feet tall can dribble up and down the length of the court can shoot from whatever but until until there's another Shaq type player then that's what the entire league is going to be up against. It's trying to play against players like that as opposed to like a an old-school big man that that can play from the post. Just, it's legitimately like unstoppable at certain levels. Like unless you can out-maneuver him physically, he's just going to dominate, like can dunk over anyone, can move you out of the way. So that negates the fact that other skill sets he's lacking. Like, yeah, Shaq can never shoot the three. You know, Shaq didn't have like a the greatest jumper in the world, but he could also back you down from wherever he was and, and could power his way to the rim. Yeah. Getting back to the interview, the point was that was the concept of different errors is what makes these debates so difficult and kind of pointless, honestly. Debating which player is better than the other. If you want to watch it, it's called Cigar. It's the Cigar Aficionado with Michael Jordan. It's on YouTube. It's really interesting and fun to watch. I enjoyed the hell out of it nice. personally. But to kind of go back to what you were saying, the reason we all kind of do this is because we do like talking about everything against the air. Like we love modern basketball, but we also, you know, we're all 40 or touching it, you know, enough to where mm-hmm. we remember the basketball we grew grew up on. Mm-hmm. And it is fun to debate against those different eras to think about, you know, as you get older as a person and as you have been a fan, as long as we've all been fans, like you can remember like watching all these different people play. And it's, mm-hmm. it's yeah. I mean, it's kind of reason this all exists. It's still fun to do that. You it's, it's hard not to compare them. Everybody wants to say that somebody's 
better, but maybe the way you remember it's differently. You know? Of course, yeah. I mean, every your memory's always going to be skewed by your own perce- uh, perception of it. So, so still a nice little thing to have. Yes. Shall we move on? I think we should. <laughs> Let's talk about what the hell happened in the NBA this week. Is there anything you guys want to start with that you'd been thinking about? Or should we just get into what I have? Do you guys remember what happened this week at all? Well, I mean. <laughs> One of the things I saw this week, Zebo. Oh, I heard Memphis, about that. Do a little Memphis news. He's filed for divorce about six or seven weeks after tweeting, I married a hoe with the facepalm emoji, which he deleted claiming his account was hacked. Yeah. So, hey, did he file or did she file? Do you know? I believe he, he has. Oh, wow. So, Fawn. Fawn and Ziva, no more. Yeah. That's uh, kind of an end of an era. And then, like, later that day or maybe it was the next day, I think it was the same day, he, like, tweeted out his gamer tag on Xbox <laughs> so that's what he's doing now it's like yeah. i guess he made a choice <laughs> i got the kids i got the money he's like Time uh, to play i video got games. the xbox baby <laughs> she gave him an ultimatum <laughs> he said out babe i'm good i'm just gonna play video games yeah see yourself it's out. me or the xbox cool just let me know when you're done packing your shit <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. Well, I've uh, it's like the same day, yeah, that it was announced. The divorce filing was announced. He threw out his gamer tag on Twitter. <laughs> it's pretty good. A lot of well, you know, I've, a lot I've of guys do that. I've got these other options now. So. You know, a lot of guys did. If they're gamer tags, Peyton Siva, he did that. And I had followed him. I go, yeah, what system? He's like Xbox One. I was like, sweet, I'll send you one soon. <laughs> uh, Hakeem Warwick used to. I used to know his. I would see him online once in a while, but he was. He would, like, sign on and then not play a game. Grayson Allen does that, too. Yeah, well, they probably are watching Netflix. Yeah, maybe he was watching a DVD because this was PlayStation 3. He might have had a Blu-ray in oh, there. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So we went Hakeem, back a little bit. Oh, Hakeem Wark. I forget what his tag was, but it was... Was it hack something? <laughs> hack something. <laughs> yeah. I would always send him 2K or NBA Live, whatever it was, invites. He, he wouldn't. He never exactly. He ain't had time for that. I had a thought over the week. You know, all these coaches are getting hired, and people like to argue about whether a coach was successful or not successful, whether they're going to be good or not be good. And I had a thought, which kind of leads into Stan Van Gundy being hired. So if Stan does a good job, who's going to get the credit? Is it going to be Stan or is it going to be Zion? If it goes south, who takes the heat? The coach. Stan or is it Zion? It's kind of always opposite. So, okay. it's Hold on now. So if if it doesn't go well, Stan's going to definitely take the heat for it. People are going to say, oh, see, he was a bad hire. Sure. Shouldn't have hired him. Right. It seems to me more times than not, coaches get blamed when it goes wrong. But if they don't find success, you know, I do wonder if it's going to be Stan's fault or if they're going to say, oh, the roster was built wrong. It's just one of those things where it's hard to really decipher who's at fault, you know? Right. Like, if if things in New Orleans don't work out, because Stan's coming off of, I guess, a couple rocky situations in Detroit. Well, I mean, same thing in Orlando. Orlando. It's all it's Orlando all over again is what you're saying. I mean, right. who is it? Is it Dwight Howard or is it the coach or is it the general manager? So with that thought aside, 
Stan Van Gundy has agreed to a deal to become the next head coach of the New Orleans Pelicans. In my opinion, this is a great move for New Orleans. Laddie, I think you feel the same way. We've discussed this in the past, that mm-hmm. Stan needs an opportunity. And this is a good opportunity. He's got a young team with great players, bright future. I think what happened in Detroit was he was trying to do too much. He had GM and coaching responsibilities. I think that's kind of why that didn't work. I think Stan can set this team up for success. I think he'll be a steady hand that the players can trust and learn from with his confidence and his knowledge of the game. The roster isn't bad. They'll be competitive and likely be in a lot of close games next season right away. Laddie, what do you think? I agree. I think he's one of the best hires out there. I think that he's overperformed with the rosters that he has had, right? Mm -hmm. But he's undercoached some of the teams that he's had as well. Does that make sense? And I I don't know what the reason is for, but I think Benson out there in New Orleans is ready to win. He's put money behind it, and he's excited about it. I do not think that this is going to be a Dwight Howard situation. This is not an Orlando situation. You remember, that Orlando team that he put together, or that he coached, that was put together, they went to the Eastern Conference Finals, didn't didn't they? It's a good team. Yes. That was a good-ass squad. Yeah. If y'all remember that team, it had Dwight Howard on it, it had Ray Ferralston, it had J.J. Redick, it had mm-hmm. Turkoglu. I mean, it was a great squad. What I think right now is I think the first year that they're going to struggle just a tad. There's a lot of good players in, in New Orleans. They've got a, a good core to build around. Uh, they, are in, they are in, I don't say win-now mode, but they're capable of winning and capable of competing. I don't think they're going to win their first year. I think that they're going to understand his coaching squad because he's got a lot going on. They're going to be very competitive, and I think it'll be a lot of very close games. I I, yeah. I, I agree. I agree to that, but... I mean, they're not going to make the playoffs this year. It's, they they it's almost going to be very difficult for them to make well, the playoffs. Well, the West is as tough as the West was this year. Golden State was not in the picture at all. Mm-hmm. So right. you've got Phoenix thinks that they're going to make it. Right. Memphis thinks they're going to. Who doesn't think they're going to make it? Sacramento? Yeah. yeah. That's Hell, it. they Sacramento. think. They, no, actually, I don't. They, they think, think they're, they're going to make it too? So that's four teams. That's the, that's the whole West yeah. thinks they're going to be in the playoffs. There's no team in the West that I can think of that is, besides Sacramento that thinks right. they're not going to be in the playoffs. Okay, but when it comes to straight <laughs> hires, though, when it comes to straight hires, I'm glad who, that they wait, did. Who is, hold on one second. Who is the shittiest team in the West? It's Sacramento or Phoenix like or San Antonio, as weird as that sounds. Oh, wow. I forgot about the Spurs. Or the Pelicans or Memphis. Like, There's going to be really good teams not in the playoffs. Man, the West might be like this for a while. And look at the way Phoenix finished in the bubble. They didn't lose a Eight game. 8-0 in the bubble. So do you think they're going to come in confident and think they're going to make the playoffs? Yeah. Like, no, the, I mean, the, yeah, you're right, though. It's going to be very good teams. The bottom the of the West could still be 500. Be 500, Yeah, which would be Definitely. crazy. There's sub-500 teams in the East that make the playoffs. But this, this Every year, routinely. <laughs> every year. Right. But look, this goes back to what I talked earlier. Uh-huh. And I've always said it. Uh-huh. You have coaches that are below oh. 500 record, right. and they keep getting a job. Yeah. Stan Van Gundy is not one of those guys. Oh, he's a, he's had 900 wins under his belt. The guy is good at his <laughs> job. I think the fact that they went to go A, talk to him, number one, is a fantastic decision. The fact that he got it was even better decision. And I think 
it's an upside to New Orleans. I'm a Grizzly fan. I feel sorry for the Grizzlies because guess what? Ooh. I think he's better than Taylor Jenkins. Right? He's, he's has a well, lot more experience. Well, well, no, 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 right, 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 right. So I think with the same rosters as both these teams have have right now, I could possibly see the New Orleans Pelicans being better than Memphis Grizzlies. We will see when they play each other this year. That, that four <laughs> times. That's true. But I'm glad they got this higher. I'm glad they didn't grab a guy who was below a 500 coach. You know what I'm saying? And just say, uh-huh. here's a job. Here I try to recycle a mediocre coach. Right. Slap him out there. You've, you've, that's why I'm excited yeah. about this hire. Yeah. That's I think it's a great hire. Like I said, I think I think it's a fine hire. And mm-hmm. I think it's, it may just be exactly what those young guys need is some knowledge from a veteran coach yes. that has a winning record and has a steady hand. Like Stan is a very confident man yeah. and very knowledgeable. Yeah. I think it's perfect. Detroit was a fail because he was just doing too damn much. And no, Detroit's a, Detroit's a, a GM area that sucks. And then he was trying to play guys to make his trades and like Blake Griffin got right. hurt. It was a whole slew right. of shit that happened in Detroit. Right. Van Gundy last coach in eighteen, by the way. Eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah, Detroit. What was his record? Uh, under five hundred. It was under, right, right. Yeah, but I, but I, I think they were also had a shit rat team, and he was right. overextending himself, and Blake Griffin got hurt. Right. I, I think uh, they tried to build that team around Blake Griffin, who, yes. and then. He but why hurt. would you build it around a guy who's whatever? because he's a Blake Griffin at the time? He, he still he was could healthy, be a star. Right. Like he if still he's could healthy be, and when still he's could healthy, be. yeah, right. he's a history of injuries, but right. He, you got to if you get an opportunity to get a guy that a team is just. Getting rid of like the Clippers were, it's yeah. like it's salary dump situation. It's a fucking marquee player. You you get that guy. I think it's this in is Detroit. A, They'd be like Memphis. Be like, yes, we'll take. I don't know Anthony Davis. Or it's, it's, he's not on that level, I guess. Sure, but, sure. But he's right. a marquee name, a big right. time player. It'd be like us having opportunity to get, say, Jimmy Butler before this year, like last year's Jimmy Butler, like Miami did. They're yeah. like, yes, we'll get Jimmy Butler. Right, right. A marquee player. No, I feel you. Huh? Uh, <laughs> no, I, I said. I said. I feel. Yeah. I think this is a great hire. Just a great hire. Yeah. Let's move on. Let's get into the rest. More coaching hires. Indiana Pacers got him a new head coach. You know this guy, Nate Bjorkgren. That is a name I've never heard before. That's not uncommon. It is. That's been kind of the running theme. Is who? <laughs> he recently served as an assistant. To the Toronto Raptors, who won the NBA championship during the 2018-19 season last year. The Pacers called it a no-brainer choice. We've never heard of this guy. We didn't know. It's a that's a tough to call it a no-brainer choice when fans of the game have probably never heard of the of the coach at all. What caused it to be a no-brainer for them was he fit all the qualifications they wanted. He had great interviews. He stood for the things that they were looking for. They called it a (laughs) no-brainer. The Pacers said this was a quote. When we came to a decision, there were high fives in our office, and we knew that this was the right guy. (laughs) Wow. High fives. I mean, I guess if they felt they knew, then they knew. Like, uh, we'll see what year two does for Taylor Jenkins, but they, the Grizz front office, when they made that choice last year, it kind of mirrors this in the, in the terms of like it was a coach that not many people have heard of that was brought in and Taylor has some success this year for us yeah and it's a coaching tree thing yeah so if he does the same thing then okay they'll be proven correct Bjork Green comes from the Nick Nurse coaching tree in Toronto 
Yeah. Who's the coach of the year this year? Right, right. And he won a championship the last year. Last year, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I I I, I like that. Kind of sounds like a no brainer. I would take, <laughs> and, and, and you know what? On the flip, like I said, I would rather take a guy who is an up and coming person, right. comes from a good pedigree, and at least see what you got for three years. I'd rather do that than someone who's a guaranteed under five hundred performer. There's a there's a whole there's another reason that that those coaches are the ones taken. Uh, that doesn't get discussed enough, and I think it's financial reasons. Because uh-huh. if if you get an up and coming coach, as opposed to a Doc Rivers vet mm-hmm. that may be like a middling five hundred coach, wants a lot of money, but but has you know ten years of experience, that guy's going to cost you a lot more mm-hmm. right. than the you know mm-hmm. the young ish. There's a little bit of assistant. A, there is a trend going on right now where coaches are getting a little younger. And that might be a cost saving thing. I'm not sure. I don't. I I I think it's both. Yeah, I think you're right too. It could, but it I think it both. could also have to do with the the just the way the games that are uh, is changing. It's changing. What and did we say last week? Is kind of like a there's kind of a changing of the guard going on with coaches right now. Mm-hmm. We're getting younger, and it's uh, you're seeing ex players with no experience, mm-hmm. and guys like D'Antoni, you might not see again. Oh. Uh, Mike D'Antoni thinks yeah. last legs for him. I mean, dude's coached for how many teams, and his system just hasn't worked. He can't win. Uh, yeah. Was he with the Knicks, by the way? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was part of that Gallinari team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's just got, he, he hasn't. He, his system just hasn't paid off. His best shot was in Phoenix. He I wins think. regular season games. He was a ton of regular season games. Right. He, and he'll and get then, his teams in the playoff. And that then shit don't work in the playoffs. They right. should be better, but they're not. Right. Defensive teams go against his straight-up offense, and it's over. Yeah. Bjorkgren said, I've spent the last 23 years of my life coaching in just about every situation I could coach in. Those 23 years had led me to this point, and I'm ready to take on this challenge. I love that quote. That's a quote of confidence. That's a quote of preparedness. That's a quote of a guy that sounds like he's charged up and ready to go. I love it. The Indiana Pacers president of basketball operations, Kevin Pritchard, said, there are some people that really like basketball. Then there are some people that live, breathe, sweat, and tears it. He also said, I can promise you that you will find out that Nate Bjorkgren lives and breathes basketball. I love that. That's that's confidence from your president of basketball operations. I mean, everything about this sounds like a great hire. From everything I've read on Bjorkgren, it sounds like Indiana is going to be a fun team to watch. They talked about playing faster. They emphasized ball movement. I mean, what's not to love about that? They've been a sleeper team, the Pacers have, for a decade. They've got a roster that is set and primed. Right. All of their starters are are between the ages of 24 and 28 years old with four to seven seasons of NBA experience. Miles Turner being one of them who I really like. Yeah, that's he's, he's a great player. Indy only has a second-round pick in the draft this year. Really no room under the cap to sign free agents. They might make some trades. But, I mean, the roster's kind of set, and they're going to bring in a coach. Who was the old one? Nate McMillan? Nate McMillan, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they needed a change of pace from that. That was just too slow and too boring. But I think this Indiana team is going to be a lot of fun to watch next season. Did you know they're still paying Monte Ellis? Really? In Indiana? 
They're just like paying off his contract. It's only two million, but it's for like the next two years. Anyway, it looks like the roster's pretty much set, and I think they're going to be a fun team to watch next year. Let's take a quick break and come back and talk to about the rest of the episode. I think everybody needs a break. I'm not modeling anymore for the two of you. Well, I guess I just have my first taste of the filthy side of this business. Modeling just sucks. Modeling just sucks. Modeling just sucks. Modeling just sucks. Let's bring on everybody. Hey, do you have an extra beer? I have got all the beers. I got a 12 pack. Oh, shit. <sighs> I wonder if I'm going to be late for my first day of work tomorrow. It's only it's 11. 11. I got <laughs> 45 minutes or so. Yeah. Well, that's about all we have, probably. And then I've I've got to go home and wind down and go to work. So. Okay, Pat, you're gonna are you gonna make those shots for us so we can do the second round. The third round? Let's do third round. Come on, we'll be able to get it. You got it, Jeff. All right, another round of shots and <laughs> welcome back from our break, fellas. Not much left to torture I mean, our we listeners. Haven't, we haven't even talked about Halloween candy yet. We got to talk about that before the night's over. Fuck. Oh, whatever. Everybody knows Reese's Peanut Butter Cup is number one. You're the, full of shit. But by the, the underrated, in my opinion, candy of all time is is Heath Bar. I get my sugar from liquor. Ew, you're all wrong. <laughs> we're going to at least talk about that before we get done with this con because Halloween's this weekend and we're not going to have another podcast until. So, Halloween, mother suckers. Fill it up, Pat. Fill okay, it up. Fill it. Yeah, dog. Yeah, don't be scared, Jeff. Don't be scared, Jeff. I'll, I'll fill this tomorrow. Whatever. I will fill this tomorrow. What are you going to fill it with? Feel. Pass me a shot. Fellas, here we go. Okay. Round, round two or round three, whatever. Son of a bitch. Cheers, cheers, cheers. All right. Yeah. That was straight up whiskey right there, boy. Hey. I got three grown men sitting around talking about basketball. Better be some fruity ass shit. All right. We drink whiskey like men. Anyway, sexism aside. <laughs> did you guys see this? Amari Stoudemire. Lally, son of a bitch. Did you guys see this? Amari Stoudemire uh, agreed to, to a deal with the Brooklyn Nets. To be an assistant on Steve Nash's coaching staff. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I like it. I like uh, the chemistry aspect is my favorite part. Uh-huh. Nash and... <laughs> I, I, I like it as well. I believe that uh, Stoudemire is only slightly removed from the league age-wise. Might have still 
might have probably played a, a lot longer had he not had the injury issues so he can still relate to the current players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he will help communicate within the locker room on Steve's behalf. I think there's going to be a lot of that. I think it's a really savvy chemistry move. I don't think it's a PR move like some folks have suggested. I think as far as building relationships with the players, I think it's a great move. You've got a lot of diversity in that coaching staff, and it's all led by Steve Nash and his ability to really break down basketball. He's a smart guy. Well, I think that real leaders also recognize their deficiencies Mm -hmm. and where they can learn from people with skill sets they don't possess and bringing in Amari Sotomayor, I think compliments that because he brings the aspect of a, you know, playing for the big man position. Yeah. Whereas Steve Nash knows a lot from playing for the point guard position. Little little man coach, big man coach. Yeah. I love it. I think think it's a a great move. I kind of disagree to a point. Dude, you don't think the players are going to see Steve Nash and Omari Stoudemire having a great time in practice? No, 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 no. Like, I, I like, no, I like really that aspect. No, vibing. No, like I, the I like vibe that. vibe is going to be great. Right. I, I like that. I like so, that. So how do you disagree then? We just talked about the big man position and like how I still think it's going away to a point, right? Oh, well, it, well, I think. I mean, well, I mean, I mean, I mean to, to, well, to a small. Omari Stoudemire like the prototypical. Uh, he wasn't shooting three pointers, dude. Big man though, no, like he, where he can play from no, inside. He out, was though. a he, he was a rebounder. He was a get he's him a down low kind of a guy. Athlete. Yes, right. So he was, he was Giannis before Giannis before he got injured. Right, right. So I'm just saying, like, I hope that whatever they want to do in Brooklyn, especially with, I mean, KD and whoever else are going to have down low. What's the, what's the other guy they got down there to do with the fro? Jared Allen. Jared Allen. Whatever they want to do with them. I, I hope it's kind of like that. The only difference is the um, uh, Amari is more of a bang him down low kind of a guy. He's not a, he's not a stretch kind of a four or five player. Yeah, but that doesn't matter with coaching. I mean, well, I, I understand that. I understand that. It's kind of figuring out what they want to do with their team right now. Do you know what I'm saying? But I, I think the camaraderie is going to be fantastic. I think the veteranism with him on there is going to be awesome. It's going to be great. I think it's great as a, as far as the chemistry goes. Like when. If somebody has a problem with coaching, Amari is probably a guy that the players feel more comfortable talking to. Right. Then going straight to the head coach about it. You know, he right. can be okay. a mediator. I guess I was more or less saying they were going to try to mimic his position on no, the team. I and I don't so. think, yeah, yeah. I don't right. think that's yeah, what yeah. They're, where they're going with it. I think it's just about chemistry, honestly. And like setting a vibe and, and getting everybody to play together. Bringing on the like, most talented people what, you what possibly can to help coach that position. What wins championships? I Defense. mean, everybody's got to be on the same fucking page, and everybody's had to have good chemistry and trust each other. Well, I yeah, feel yeah. like that's something you have to have a Amari unified can. locker room. That's how you win championships. Uh-huh. I think this is a huge step in that direction, and, and for Brooklyn, and we all know that Brooklyn has got some some personalities between Katie and Kyrie that can be sure. yeah, and having somebody, kind of explosive yeah. to a degree, and and having hopefully a you know, between Steve Nash and you already and know Sotomayor, they, they could level some of these guys out. You already know Amari and Steve are going to be on the same page, and there's not going to be like disagreements. Well, that's, they play together in Phoenix, so they've been oh, teammates. There's before. mutual respect, yeah, big time. Of course, they, uh, that's one thing I didn't say is like, yeah, they played together for a long time on right. a very They're successful f- team. Right. Former teammates. These, I mean, these guys are going to. I think it's all chemistry. I said it already. I'm just repeating myself. But 
I think it's going to be great. I think it's a huge step between Jacques Vaughn, Amari Stoudemire, and Steve Nash. I mean, that's a great coaching staff all on its own. Yeah. The only thing that I might add in terms of like a, a possible detriment is that most of the lead coaches on that team don't seem to have a ton of experience and when it, when it comes to coaching so shock does but yeah if it if it gets into the play once it gets in the playoffs because you know this team will make the playoffs mm-hmm. probably come out with a strong record yeah if everybody stays healthy if everyone obviously if everyone stays healthy uh-huh. but does that then matter down the stretch like when you come across a i think it does more experienced coach yeah. squad so to speak but if they're playing team ball and the chemistry's right, I think it'll be fine. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I don't think it's as much about X's and O's. Like, Steve Nash knows the game. Right. I think he'll be able to handle a head coaching job. I feel like, I've said this before, I feel like everything Nash has done in his entire career has led him up to this moment. I think he was always going to be a head coach. It was just a matter of time and fit. I mean, the guy's a coach. Like, Nash is a coach. He was a yeah. coach before, He was a coach when he was a player. Right. Coach on the floor. When he played in L.A., I said it before, but when he played in L.A., he was a coach on the floor with Kobe, and Kobe was listening to him. Great players, smart players, understand other smart players, regardless of level of talent, level of income, whatever. So it's a communicator. Yeah. I I think it's going to be a great fit. Anybody that's questioning whether or not Brooklyn's making the right ideas, they're, they're looking at the wrong things, I would think. I think chemistry is going to be everything for them. No, I mean, these decisions definitely seem to make sense from a coaching yeah, standpoint. I think so. With the personnel they have. Uh, in I the think same it's great. Way, in the same way that the Clippers hire of Ty Lu makes sense as well because it matters so much with the personnel you have if they respect your coaching staff. And if Kawhi and if Paul George, you know, their their main two drivers are the ones that – signed off on so to speak mm-hmm. a you know a coach like Ty Lu. right so i'm still iffy on tyru tyru yeah i'm a little bit I, i'm still iffy on I mean, this reason there, there is a hundred percent reason to be iffy about tyru but getting the backing of your players especially when you're playing at the level that these guys are trying to play at they're not trying to make they're not trying to play to make the playoffs they're playing to win a title i question tyru because what has he done without lebron Yes, <laughs> yes, but that's the only reason I but question him. He's also now he's a two-time champion with playing him. with. He's also <laughs> he doesn't have LeBron anymore, but now he's got Ky, uh, Kawhi, two-time so. two-time player champion, one-time coaching champion, Ty Lue. Ooh, wow! Yeah. No, I agree, hundred percent. It's one thing to be the Memphises or the New Orleans or the Phoenix Suns of the world, and hire a possible inexperienced coach or or even the Indiana Pacers of the world and hire an inexperienced coach who you're hoping will lead your team to the promised land with a lot of young talent. It's another thing completely to be in a a team with a a bunch of established vets, a bunch of superstar NBA players, and then know how to bounce those egos. Mm -hmm. And I think that is where... Brooklyn is trying to come from where the Clippers are coming from, where the Lakers just came from with when they hired Vogel to note. So you're, you're not only managing ta- like 
the talent on the court, you're managing the egos uh-huh. and everything else off. Right. And yep. knowing how to like, – that's also a huge unnamed part of just being a coach is knowing how – Vogel doesn't get credit for that. To, to manage those attitudes, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. Made like, it work. Like, think think about the, the Lakers this year. It did not work. Right. With think the about the Lakers this year. Like, yep. you had guys, Dwight Howard, former multiple-time All-Star, former multiple-time Defensive Player of the Year – coming off the bench and, and being a role player for the first time ever. And you have a coach who has LeBron and Anthony Davis, two of the top five players in the world on this team. And then it's trying to fill in all these roles again, you know, with, with guys like Danny green guys like Alex, Alex Caruso. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, your other guys coming off the bench, uh, like Dwight Howard, Kuzma, who, Kuzma, yeah. like who probably thinks all, he needs more minutes. Right. Yeah. Everyone like wants that. everyone wants to be great. Everyone thinks they're great, but balancing those talents and those attitudes is so difficult to do. Yeah. Hopefully Brooklyn has made the right decision in their coaching tree or coaching staff decisions rather, where they can uh be successful for next season. Because yes. they I think they'll probably shoot they're gonna and, be fun to watch. Right. That's a team that coming out of the east just to see how it's working out. Well, yeah, coming out of the east, you're gonna have you have Brooklyn. Those will be pick games just because I want to see how it's working out. Like I want to watch the interactions. Right. I want to see deep into how it's working. I mean, those will be pick games. Those will be games to watch because that's going to be a fun, interesting thing that we have never seen before. So who's coming out of the east then? Possibly, like shit, the same teams, all of them. But adding in Brooklyn, yeah. But so does Toronto fall off? No, I don't know. That's a tough one. The, the Siakam's like a free agent. Gasol's a free agent. Van Fleet's a free agent. That, I don't know what's going on. What about on Boston? Boston, I think they'll Again, be Again, there. there's some Boston, questions Boston, Miami, Milwaukee, if Giannis stays. Milwaukee. Like there's, like, the East is still up. Indiana will be up there. There's I think. a whole lot of questions of in the East in terms of up in the air. But Brooklyn's going to be and then you, and way then you, up at the top. And then you kind of transpose that to the West where you have a lot of teams that are, you know, essentially seeded one through eight, like six of eight, you know, are going to make the playoffs. And then you have six other teams fighting for the last two spots. Right. Everybody in the West fighting for those spots. Yeah. As opposed, you know, and then as opposed to the East where you've got a significant drop off at some point, right. Somewhere in the wizards, Charlotte area. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and it makes it makes will make the coaching hires all the more relevant. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it on paper, Brooklyn's probably the only like super team in the East where they've got bona fide superstars. Karis Levert showed this season that he's he's fucking on his way, and then you've got Kyrie and Durant. Yeah, I mean, it's a super team. That's like the only one that you look at on paper and you say that's a super team. In my opinion. Is DeAndre Jordan still on that team next year? Yeah, DeAndre too. They're locked and loaded. They got depth. That the team's on its way. And I think it will come to how be a dark horse for the the title. How those guys get coached up. They'll be a dark horse for the title. Yeah, how it goes. Like that's why I'm that's why people will watch. That was that's what makes them so entertaining and so fun. Is like everyone everybody wants to see how what happens and how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. Should we move on? Laddie, you good with moving yeah, on? Yeah, I'm good. All right, let's check in with Bo. 
for the Daryl Morey watch with Bo Brady. Any news? No? All right. <laughs> Let's go to the other big topic, like the other story that's going around. We got to look at it, I think, is the next season start date, the 2021 season. There's a couple ideas floating around. One, the initial report that I saw was focused on a January 18th or the MLK day to tip off the season. According to Vincent Goodwill of Yahoo Sports, Commissioner Adam Silver has indicated the league is hopeful of playing an entire 82-game season with games hopefully being held in team markets with fans in the building, much like what is taking place in the NFL. Goodwill goes on to say the focus for next season primarily is getting things finished in a reasonable amount of time for the draft, free agency, and the rest of the summer in 2021 for a traditional mid-October start for the following season after next. So there looks like that report says that they're kind of trying to get things back on track for the year after next. The 21-22 season. I think that's probably the best way to look at things. Yeah. you mentioned that report. I've seen another one that mm-hmm. that the Christmas Day start date, is, which right. seems unrealistic, but has also been tossed around. Right. So, so how how do you how do you manage to have a draft? What you're talking about is the NBA targeting a December twenty second tip, correct for next season. That's under a vote. So the NBA Board of Governors had a meeting to discuss all this and it has to go up to vote. Like once they decide it has to go up to vote, the players association has to agree on it. I don't believe these things have happened yet. Well, no, none of them have. And right. something else to think about if they were to attempt this December restart, mm-hmm. you know, mid to late December restart, mm-hmm. like some of these guys, like the, the heat players, the, mm-hmm. the, they just got done. They just got done like a week ago, but that would give them a few months off. Like, not many though, because you have to get back into camp. You they finished what, like four weeks ago or three weeks ago? I don't know what it was, but it's like two. Okay, so three weeks. Yeah, I think it's like three weeks. But so if they start in late December, I mean it's October, November, December, that gives them some time off. I don't think it'll be too difficult for them to get back in the swing of it. I have seen some reports of guys like maybe saying they'll sit out for the beginning of the season, but that once it starts up, they're not going to want to sit. They're going to want to play with the draft set for November 18th. So if they start, like, honestly, can you imagine a month, a month after the draft, a month after the draft, they start the next season. I just don't see it. Speaking of that would give them about two weeks to complete free agency and then start training camp. I mean, for it, December twenty second, it, it seems incredibly unrealistic. That is so fast, An, another two weeks of free agency. Yeah. And, well, hey, and, and another factor completely that has kind of gone unmentioned, but still does matter. Like the All Star Game is probably going to be a casualty this season. Like they'll probably still get their break. Right. I heard that that they may just cut out the All Star Game. Yeah, because <laughs> save time. Those guys will need some. You know, they've essentially played two seasons back to back straight through. They'll need a break. If there's no all-star game, then they actually get a break. Right. And then the entire goal of this, which we Mm. all know, is to get things back on track for the 21-22 season. If there is an all-star game, 
then you have players going out and partying over All-Star Weekend. You're just asking for COVID. <laughs> I mean, it's a COVID hot situation. Right. <laughs> but is an All-Star game even fun? We know fun? what happens. Is an All-Star game even fun with no fans? Like, right. Well, it, it looks like they're trying to get fans in the stadiums. Uh, it'll probably be a small percentage like they are with the NFL or college football. But the difference in football, for the most part, is these are outdoor right. venues. It's a big outdoor venue. As opposed to arenas, which are, are all indoor. indoor arenas. Yeah. The Players Association will have to sign off on any proposal the league owners agree to, as well as modifications for the collective bargaining agreement. And October 30th is the deadline for the NBA and the MBPA to agree on alterations to the CBA. The league is reportedly trying to play 70 to 72 regular season games. I don't like it. I think 82 or bust. I don't like fucking with the season. I don't like changing the numbers of games. I don't like it when there's lockout seasons and they play 50 games. I don't like any well, of that. Well, we know we know why they, we know why they do it though. This like this For time. year this year seems we know from this past season the 1920 season that the 70 to 72 game number was all about the tv contract money right right and it seems it seems like this season upcoming season the 2021 or maybe all in 21 season is just going to be about the tv contract money because i believe they know that for the most part there won't be many fans in the arenas and they're going to be relying heavily on that TV money to sustain the league. So every team essentially will be operating at a loss and that loss is only mitigated by that TV money. And you can't go below 70 games right. before they give that money back. Yeah, again. Yeah. So they're playing the minimal amount of games for the TV deal. I get it. Right. But right. There's also another incentive. The new schedule, the way they're trying to map it out to where there's less games would reportedly earn teams and players an extra $500 million to allow the team to finish before the Summer Olympics. Oh, wow. wow. How, how, yeah, how's that happen? Yeah. It looks like it's in the TV deal. The $500 million in revenue has to do with when they finish the season and when the games are on TV. That's what it looks like. And figuring how much money they've lost on account of the coronavirus pandemic... It looks like the NBA is probably going to do whatever it takes to make as much money as they can that's and a, still have games. It's a half a billion dollars. So I think that's where this new report comes into play, where they start earlier, finish earlier, and have less offseason. you got to assume that the players that didn't play in the bubble are ready to go whenever. Like, they don't care. The players that are coming out of the bubble – especially the teams that were in it later, like Miami yeah. and L.A., are probably a little more hesitant to return as soon as December 22nd. But I think there's enough time off. It's like two months off. Like, that's a pretty good amount of time. I'm curious about that Denver team. But they, they made a good deep run. They were gassed. Yeah, they were wiped when it was, when it was done. Yeah. Uh, two months is a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very long time. I don't know if that should be the deciding factor. It looks like it's going to come down to money. I mean, they're talking about having fans in the stands. It's all about money. It always has been. Yeah. I mean, that's the reason the league exists, is to make money. It's the reason owners buy teams. Otherwise, 
there would be no reason to yeah do what's it. the point otherwise obviously it's about keeping the players paid it's about not having to restructure the cba and not having to mess with players contracts well, well they are currently restructuring the cba yeah it's not good um and and the deadline's october 30th. trying to figure out so one thing i've heard is like a floating cap to avoid uh some penalties to have a some sort of free agency this off season oh they've got four because days. of how much the revenue has dropped like there's a lot of things in flux right now if there are changes we'll know by next week's episode because the deadline's in four days if they're going to change shit on the cba it's going to happen now yeah with regards to the fans in the stands i figure it would be different in each city like i don't know if the league can just say this many or that many i figure it has to change by market some cities would probably have like a percentage of their seats filled some cities like larger markets would seemingly have a harder time with allowing fans as a majority of NBA cities are still restricting large gatherings. I also agree with that outside of say like Texas and Florida who have Republican governors who, yeah, I mean, they might just don't, fill them. who don't seem to care. They might about just fill the arenas, any virus effects at all. And they will just, okay, pack them out. I mean, either way, teams are going to want to have fans for the revenue as many as they can but in I am their cur- market. But I am curious, though, if you enter into situations where the markets or the state, the local market says, okay, yes, you can have full arena, half arena, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and then you have diametrically opposed position of the team owners, the team players, the scientists, who are like, well, no, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. So even though – Money dictates that we should make this choice, and they. But science says, no, we should not do this at all. Yeah. And they make different choices. Mm. And I think you're going to have owners like Mark Cuban, who is outspokenly progressive, mm. and doesn't matter. You know, Dallas is a multi three to four to five million people city. I forget what the number is, and would just say no. Like I'm, I own the team, I own the stadium, I own the arena, rather, I own everything. Mark Cuban. We're not going to do this. Mark Cuban, I think in his situation. Yeah, I think he's a driver for the league as well. And you have, and, and then you have your guys like Steve Ball. Well, that's California. Anyway, never mind. I think the Mark Cuban situation, he would look at the bottom line and he would say, all right, how many fans do I need to not go in the red? Okay, all my courtside guys are in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my next tier, they're in. Let's spread them out. I think he's going to allow fans in. It might be a smaller percentage than some other markets, but he's going to run the numbers. He's going to see how much money he needs to not go into red and how much of the red is he willing to go into. He's a businessman. He's not going to just... I think you'll figure out if that's the case. I think you'll figure out if that's the case, how much of a hypocrite is he? Because he's also so outspoken against... It's all about doing it What's happening currently... How can you pull that off safely? Right. It's doable. So does does he think bottom line or does he think safety? Both. And we'll, <laughs> I guess we'll figure that out next season. And that's why I think they want to do 82 games too because these owners are going to want to get as much revenue as they can. But I don't know. They lost money this year. How much are they willing to lose next year? And the year after that, who knows how long this goes? Please don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man, I'm prepared to wear a mask for two more years. I guess so, yeah. 
I guess it's going to be just a way of life we're going to have to get used to for, for some time. What are you looking at? Basketball stats and Twitter. <laughs> are you checking out on me? No, no, I'm here, man. I'm here. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I just thought we'd kind of go over the facts. No, I mean, there's still so much up in the air for next season. Uh-huh. It's going to be interesting to see. That's for sure. Absolutely. It's going to be fun to watch, and that's what we'll do. Let's see. I've got a little grizzly stuff. I really hope Jaron Jackson busts everyone's asses next year. I would start for him just to not foul out every game. I just want him to be healthy because I don't think that's going to happen. I hope but. he comes in and busts everyone's asses. He, you know, he got a new tattoo, so maybe he'll be a tough guy. I don't know about does the it, tattoo, nor do I care. He'll be Mr. Manager next season. He'll be a tough guy. Does it say, he got a, I he swear got a to half God, did I he get a lower God, back tat? It's a sun. It's like he, a... He got a tramp stamp? <laughs> no, he got like a half sleeve or full sleeve. He posted something about that. <laughs> a fucking 19-year-old kid Safe. gets a tramp stamp, like the 90s tattoo of a son. It says, I might be back next year. Like the most stereotypical late 90s, like early 2000s tattoo. Um, Let's keep it going. The draft. All right. What's that? The NBA draft. Okay. It's November 18th. From what I've seen, it will be held virtually. No surprise there. That's fucking horrible. That sucks for the players. Yes. I understand why. It has to be done that way. It sucks for me. It does suck that player. Why don't they just wear masks and do it? Yeah. Bubble it up again for a couple weeks? Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. a week or yeah, Why the fuck not. Hello, actually, yeah. I agree. How much money? You, you, they could you, easily you, do that. You, you just have, did the finals. You have put them all up in all a hotel your, in exactly. Connecticut or something, right? Fucking know. for your first. Like, yeah, I think they would probably do it to to be able to have that handshake. That Why not? You'll never, you know, like like yeah. let's, you know, let's you know, it up. Silver would do it. Yeah. Silver would do it. Yeah, yeah. The and, and problem. You, Why you don't they just go back to Orlando and do it in a fucking arena? Yes, game over. Already there. That's actually a really great idea. What's wrong with these people? What's in there? What? What's wrong with these motherfuckers? Nothing. Dude, the bottle's empty. Oh. We knocked that one down. Okay. I got a virtual draft. Yeah, I get it. Safety. That's dumb. Convenience. That's so dumb. ESPN Sucks. hosts a virtual draft of 2019 NBA. I mean, it's got to be done. You have to have a draft sometime. Boring. Yeah, it's dumb. Boring. Yeah, but, but I, you know, every... like. We're gonna go live in the. We're gonna go live at the house of you know, like. Well, every gonna, one of those players yeah. has dreamt about getting drafted for the most part since they were little kids. Gets to put on a stupid here's little the, hat, put put the stupid hat on, wear the suit, walk across the podium, shake the hand. Yeah, but here's the best part: they would is, bubble up to get to do that. Yeah, but Pete Bigger, nobody knows who the fuck's gonna get drafted because nobody knows any of these college players. You know, well, like, you know, like the first, like, I mean, this four, does right, make you, you, the you, most you, interesting draft in right. many years. Well, it is. You, you know, that, you, you know, the LaMelo balls, you know, you know, the James Wiseman's, but then Anthony literally Edwards. after that, who Anthony Edwards. Right. And then b- besides that, who do you really know? You know, well, that, that laddie, I mean, that's what you're supposed to be working on. Do you have a draft board yet? <laughs> no, I don't because it's all bullshit. It's all 100% bullshit. You know why? Because there was no NCAA tournament this year. And I'm sorry, but you know, when I watch that board, right. But when I watch print off somebody's fucking mock draft and start making your own notes and make your own decisions. No, because the whole point, no, the whole point is this. No, 
It's fine. Then you don't care. No, I do care. The whole point <laughs> is this. It's all that's null and void. Everything you have in there does not mean shit. Sure it does. Doesn't mean a, anything. Absolutely it does. Who won the NCAA championship this year? It didn't Irrelevant. Happen. Exactly. Irrelevant. Exactly. There are still going to be there are still going to be 60 players drafted. And the guys that you think are the best, he's going to break his leg in the first game. What's going to happen? Oh, there you go. There's your guy. That's part of basketball. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. I think this year is so unprecedented. So let's not even watch the draft. Why are we talking no, about doing a show? We're definitely watching the draft. Well, but what, do some what, what homework think, on it. No. What, what I'm trying to say is this. is. <laughs> No, I'm not going to do homework on it at all. No, it's dumb. Look, you don't want to know. Me to prepare I don't want to know anything. Right, it's pretty much the way you run this thing, right? So the way that I see it is that you can't do that. Anything that you put on anybody doesn't mean anything. Oh, I did all this scouting report on this person, and they were this great, and this person did this, and yeah, it doesn't mean anything. You never saw them in mm. certain situations. You never saw them succeed. You never put them in a certain situation. So guess what? This might be the best draft ever. Well, we talked about this before, and and I had mentioned you're going to see a lot of really good players in the G League if the G League happens, because they will be overlooked. You'll see a lot of guys go overseas and excel You'll see a lot of late steals, like late picks where players overachieve their draft spots. I think more more often than maybe ever. Because it's, it is untested, be, like you're like saying. The, it's the, yeah. A lot of misdrafted players because. Yeah. yeah, a lot of it's on hype. A lot I'm of it's so, on right. the minimal amount of scouting that was right. able to be done. If you did any They're not even doing draft workouts. There's also, that, there's also a lot of. of I guess they're doing some get, workouts. They get overdrafted because of NCAA performance. That might not guys yeah. like guys like uh the dude from Wisconsin a couple years ago that blew up during during their tournament run. What, Frank the tank? Frank the tank. Yeah. Oh. And you, like, so Frank those guys Kamen get Frank Kaminsky. Kaminsky, Frank Kaminsky. So so there will be there will be guys that won't right. be overdrafted. I mean, Frank's had season. a long career. He's still in the league. Yeah, but and he's, he's not, not good. But he's not a superstar yeah, he's player. Not good. Like, Ooh, he, he, he's not said good. He's not good. No, he's not good the I'm way not, they should. I'm not saying no, 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 no. Maybe he just great. hasn't been used correctly. No, it's bullshit. See, <laughs> so I, you, you can do all the analysis and all the whatever. It doesn't mean anything. Wasn't that a Jordan pick? You know yes. what? Come on. It absolutely. Yeah, and it he signed a, a J.C. Penny suit contract. So. <laughs> well, Jordan, Jordan, he's, got, he's got a J.C. Penny suit contract. Jordan has said in that Cigar Aficionado interview, he said that he hadn't been like super involved in drafting and stuff. I don't know no. whether or not to believe him, but well, he said he's taking more of a, a personal approach towards those things now. It's all bullshit. Look, let me tell you, I love that he's not been a good drafter as an owner or as no. a GM. Yeah, I don't know how much input he's really had. But Look, I love the well, I love the NBA and I love the NBA draft. We all knew this was going to happen. We all knew it since there was no NCAA championship. You know how many guys are made in the NCAA tournament? You know how many guys are leading towards towards the end of the season to start actually coming on? We talked about this. Yeah, absolutely yes. right. Absolutely right. So I mean, the ruins are built right, for so having, day a, one, so having a dumb little fucking piece of paper with fifty names on it and telling me this is what I need to study is the most dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life you're gonna sit there and tell me <laughs> watch this person because they did something in college 20 well, months ago that no one gives a shit about well that's just not nice you that's know? dumb it's dumb it's, it's dumb to you no it's dumb and because that's why this is going to be the best draft we've ever had it's going to be the best draft because nobody knows what's going to happen what's going why does on that make it who are the best better? players i think it is why because it's all a gamble for everybody 
Why it's does that all make it a gamble. Yeah, I kind of. Why does that Jeff. make it better? How does that make it better? Because it's a gamble. Because you can sit there and tell me. But why does that make it better? Because here's the deal. These yes. guys, these guys sit there and get paid millions of dollars to say this player number one is better than fifteen, and fifteen is better than thirty. But who's actually to know which player is better? You know, just because you have this analysis and you have all this data and all this together, right? But the reality is this. We haven't seen them play in, a, in a, such a long time. All you have is, is tangibles or intangibles that we don't know much about. I understand that you don't think that putting players in order right now, it seems like makes any sense. Yes. I, I, because I, the order still has a lot of variables that have been unmet. Right. So... To, Meaning to, there to was no NCAA tournament, a, right. a, a lack of a tournament. To 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 sum up what I I meant to say was right. this is is that there's a lot of people who have statistics about players and how they're projected into the draft, right? And they start these things two years before they're even going to be a senior or a junior or wherever it is, and they're in yeah. high school. So I, I I get that on the map, right? Like I said. I think a lot of players are made. A lot of may a lot of players are broken when it comes to tournament style basketball and things like that. And I think because we have not had a rest rest of a college season and a championship or a final four or any of that kind of stuff, I don't think that we have seen a lot of players' potentials and what they probably could or could not do. Mm-hmm. So I think that this whole NBA draft is going to be a big question mark yeah. is what I'm trying to say. And you also never know what a player is going to do when he gets a little money. I mean, look at Jalil Okafor, uh, Frank Kaminsky. I mean, was he good in the tournament? Has he was he great been good in the tournament. In the, yeah. Has he been good in the NBA? I mean, there's a lot of variables right. that go on. That The right. draft is never so, a guaranteed thing. Right. So, like I said, that that's basically what I meant. I know there's like, a lot to go into it, but, you know. Draft order draft and, order doesn't always depict how well a player's going to be. Look at Manu Ginobili. Right. You know, guys well, like, hell, look at look at Giannis. He was, like, number yeah. 14 or 16 overall. Yeah. If, if you would have known Giannis would have been a now a multiple-time MVP, would have drafted number one overall. He's the number one overall draft pick out of right. that draft. No. Clearly. Right. Like, Clearly. a redraft. And, yeah. and, and, and so, I think this year... I think that, that happens every year. Right. And I think that this year, I know a lot of people did a lot of time doing research and these guys get paid a lot of money. I totally 100% understand that. Yeah. I think you can kind of throw that playbook out the window just a little bit because there's a lot of variables that we don't have. Yeah. You know, it's understood. Yes. So I, to maybe kind of follow up on what you're saying, I think there will be maybe more than most years there will be players that were drafted out of position you will have players that were drafted a higher mm-hmm. that probably should have gone lower mm-hmm. and then you know mid to late tier guys that could have possibly shown themselves better if there would have been a tournament scenario that being said there's a reason those guys will have been drafted where they are because realistically they've been looked at since they were 8th mm-hmm. and ninth grade all the way through high school, there's a reason that the top tier players took whatever deals they took and made, you know, and went to whatever colleges they went to, Duke, UNC, Memphis, Kansas, whatever it is, Tennessee, whatever university that <laughs> I is. I was waiting for that Tennessee to whatever, come out of Whatever you. university that is, what have you, like your five star guys, like that are they're due to be drafted and, and you know in the top fifteen, top twenty, and. 
under the current circumstances without a tournament, they're going to have to base a lot of it off of the years of recruiting that went into these guys. So again, it's not like all of a sudden these guys showed up on the big stage and no one's ever heard of them. No, I agree. Everyone has heard of these guys for the most part. Right. It's only a rare occasion where you'll have a guy who is, legitimately never been heard of before right. you know it's just it's it's, it's just a sad, it's just a sad situation in my opinion the way that the draft's going to be because the tournament can make and break a lot of people and if you want to put it to the nba you look at a donovan mitchell and you look at a jamal murray and you watch the way that that western conference you know was going at it when it went to the playoffs those two guys they were good during the year but they showed out during when it when it meant something do you know what i'm saying and we we talked about this just a little bit ago whatever off 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 air but we don't know where john morant landed but we know the passes we know what he did when he was in the ncaa tournament we saw that and guess what a lot of that propelled him to make sure that he was the number one number two pick you know what i'm saying he was number two uh, overall but watching somebody grow during that experience can mean a lot for them. And we missed out on that situation, you know, and and, and it's really sad on the Memphis version because we had James Wiseman who was here at university of Memphis, the season didn't end. And we, the ceiling is super high for this guy, but literally where's he going to fall? But he quit way before any kind of tournament. I, 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 no, I agree. He had to, I agree. All right. Look, the draft is coming. What I would say is that I just want to get to know the players as well as I can, given the information that has been given. So when it happens, maybe I'll see a disparity. Maybe I'll find a player that maybe I thought should have been drafted higher or maybe not drafted at all. That's all I'm saying. That's all I want to do Like, is just look for something that's interesting to me. And I will make notes on the 60 players projected in mock drafts. Yeah, right on. All right, gentlemen, I've got to go. Pat's leaving. Before Pat leaves, Pat, you watch the Borat movie. All right, I'll stick around for this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that, What's that about? Recoup. All right, re, re, re-wrap it. As I mentioned earlier, you know, I watched a lot of TV this week. It's pretty – I mean, there's no basketball – I haven't been watching much football. I watched a couple of movies, one being the Borat movie. I caught that. I also caught uh, the Trial of Chicago 7. A couple, couple like really good movies that are relevant to to today right now. Trial of Chicago 7 was a uh, Aaron Sorkin written and directed movie who also did The Social Network, which okay. many people consider to be the greatest movie of the 2010s. Um, Interesting. But like a... You know, a really solid movie that talked about like a true life event. Uh, you had seven guys plus Bobby Seals, who was the leader of the Black Panthers, who got put on trial for protesting the Democratic National Convention in '68. It's also incredibly relevant right now with protesters oh. getting arrested, oh. and then the counter protests that are happening. It, it's a it's a very serious movie that is very relevant to what's happening now. All right. And then to, to kind of counterbalance that, you mentioned Borat. I will watch that Chicago 7. It's great. It's, it's on like Netflix. I've seen it around. It's on Netflix. It's 100% worth a watch. Check it out. Uh, and then, you know, to kind of counterbalance that, you got Borat. Oh, uh, yeah. Which makes light of also a ton of current events. And there are some, <laughs> some hilarious parts in the middle of it. 
a lot of ridiculousness. Yeah. The whole time you're kind of thinking, what's he going to do next? Who's he going to make look dumb next? It's pretty funny. Uh, I enjoy the hell out of that movie. What does he do? He basically is trying to give his daughter away the whole movie to, to a, Mike Pence. To Michael Mike Penis. Michael Pence. <laughs> and, well, and then and because he is McDonald Trump's right-hand man. Yes. Michael Pennis is known known <laughs> ladies man in the United States of America or whatever. USA Day. I yeah. thought it was hilarious. I don't know. I don't want to spoil it or give too much away, but it's situational and and the way he manipulates people into saying things they maybe wouldn't normally say or it was, I mean, it's just, I, I, I watched it by myself and found myself laughing out loud. I, I watched it last night and found the same thing. Like, but you, like you make, like you say, like putting people in a situation to say things, say things they wouldn't say. Like, right. No, these are people that would say that. Absolutely. Oh, right. And they're, they're making them easy to say, like follow along and sing song right. format. Okay. Where you're right. Like, you're right. They would say those things, but not. Maybe not in a different situation. Correct. But in this situation, they feel comfortable saying those things. Right. And so he gets them. So without, again, without going into too many details. <laughs> like, would you have sex with my daughter? And right. the guy goes, if your father wasn't or, in the room. Wasn't in the, like, <laughs> you wouldn't. Normally, he probably wouldn't say that, but he felt comfortable saying it. So he said it. So something like that. I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, word for word. There's a plastic surgery <laughs> scene. That yeah. to me was the funniest scene of the movie because he pays for $21,000 plus in plastic surgery in $1 and $5 bills. And the woman counts out a, an entire duffel bag of $1 and $5 bills. He goes, you're $72 short. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I've got 24 hours to make $72. After she's counted out $21,000 in once in five. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Where will I get this? Where will I get this $72? Yeah, it's a great movie. I, anybody that likes... A fun satire. Yeah, I was going to say satire, but you know, anything funny or semi political, or if you're just looking for a laugh and you're not going to take it too seriously, it was a good watch. I would recommend it. I would inject Pat with the Wuhan flu. <laughs> <laughs> or do you cut them off, cut their heads off like the Saudis do? <laughs> Chop them into pieces like the Saudis do. That was a great movie. The other one I watched before we leave here was On the Rocks with Bill Murray. So that's on my list for next week. I didn't get around to it. You watch that. I'll watch Chicago 7. Yeah, I will do. We'll and come then, back uh, and talk. Yeah, we should. Maybe next week. I don't know. I don't have any plans. Bo's probably going to be off for the rest of his life, so <laughs> maybe you just take his spot. I don't know. <laughs> Murray's character is hilarious. He plays this like old playboy dude. Rashida Jones is always good i like her she's always fun yeah she's smoking hot beautiful fun to watch so here's what's funny is i applied for a job the other day and they told me they said rashida jones will be contacting you and i'm like huh from the tv show and they were like yes let's see jones daughter rashida jones i get a response i don't know who you're talking about (laughs) i was like okay now great i'm I'm trying to get a job in radio not tv but still (laughs) there you go 
She should know who Rashida Jones is. Quincy Jones' daughter. And, and I even made sure the spelling was the exact same, and it was. So when yeah. I go to LinkedIn, I found two different profiles. One was the actress, and one well, was damn. somebody who wasn't the actress. <laughs> Sofia Coppola, she directed it, and she directed Lost in Translation. That was a movie that I thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah, it was a good Scarlett movie. Johansson, Virgin Bill Suicides. Murray. Yeah. Bill Murray's Bling in that right? Yeah, She's so, had a lot of really great movies. This is uh, another one of her movies, and uh highly recommend it. Very funny. Yeah, very can't fun wait to watch. movie. It's definitely like, it's number one on the list right now. Like, was, you asked I me. I could have around to it. You asked me, you were like, should I watch On the Rocks, or should I watch The Boy at Giant? Right. Like I don't I don't know what to tell you there. Both. Well, hey, get solid, solid. I, I told you to skip work today and watch both. Of them. <laughs> well, I, I had to work today. <laughs> well, because all could watch one because it's Halloweeny. I went and watched it, the new version uh, of it. Yeah, Have y'all seen yeah. that one? No, I didn't watch it. Have you saw it? Do you like it? Uh, I don't. I'm not a big horror person. I wasn't. Well, I wasn't a fan of it, but I oh. I watched it. I, Highly I unrecommended. I did watch yeah. 45 minutes of what's the Adam Sandler Hubie Halloween. I watched that. <laughs> That was it better was, than it, and it was still <laughs> shitty. <laughs> that was what's forty five minutes of that. I was like, ah, okay. That was dumb. I get, I get this going here. But here is the best thing: is that like you watch Adam Sandler with uncut gems, and then you watch him with this who be Halloween, and you are like, how did he not win an award for one of these movies? Either being the shittiest <laughs> or being the best. He's just, I think he's a really good actor. To be still, yeah, well. Uncut Gems was a great role. He also had like mm. Rain on Me and um The best part of Uncut Gems is when Kevin Garnett talks about Tony Allen. That's the best part of the whole movie. Yes, sir. Yeah. We gotta get out of here. We gotta go. It's time. Laddie, thank you very much for being here. Thank you. I appreciate you making the effort. And I had a lot of fun. Pat, thank you for coming on. Bo, fuck it. you. <laughs> no happy birthday Bo happy birthday Bo happy birthday Bo sorry we missed you maybe uh, we'll get you next time I'm not sure thank you everybody for listening if you made it this long appreciate you <laughs> you know what movie is a weird like guilty pleasure of mine which one fear Mark Wahlberg You don't understand. I ain't scared of you motherfuckers.